You're on mute, Lana. This is the second <laughs> time I did that today. <laughs> Just saying. We Project Runway. AA Project Runway. Check us out on that. That's still on Project Runway on when that drops on Monday. But hello, 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 and welcome to The Cup, the currently unnamed podcast, where you come here first to quench your reality thirst, and where we put the real and the tea in reality. Welcome to SmackDown Saturdays, because that's what we're doing here, and we're here to talk about wrestling. And before we get to all of that, we should introduce ourselves. I'm Lana, your resident diva, here to give the tea, spill the tea, and drink the tea, because you know I love me some tea per. And um, if you have some tea you know what to do, hit me up. I'm not drinking anything right now, because somebody wants to go get me food, so I'm just waiting on that. But when they come back, I'll have something to drink. And I did not go grab my cup mug because you know why it's in the kitchen and I didn't feel like doing it. So, but if you ever want to get your cup merch, this is the place to do it. And this is the time to do it. The description in, in the link is below. Lanagescreations.etsy.com. Check us out there and you can see all of our cup merch and all the other stuff I have in my Etsy shop. So check it out. Hello, uh, I am Lewis. I'm a canny laddie, no longer from Manny. Um, I'm very excited to talk about my top 10 Simon Dean matches tonight. Um, <laughs> Not Simon Dean. Simon Dean, the, the top, the best WWE superstar to ever exist. Um, very excited to talk about <laughs> You've been taking that Simon system regiment, Lewis? You yes, I Simon have. System? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and yo, it's Brooke, a queer college graduate who plays Waken with fucking Smash Bros, the Brooke Hogan of the cup, if you will. Um, and here lately, I have finally finished Crash Twin Sanity, finally, if you've been keeping up with Throw the Drag Race episodes. So that's great. Uh, next on my list is probably Crash Team Rumble for the PS4, because I just bought it. So we're going to see how that turns out. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to talk about hopefully a crap ton of great matches and apparently Simon Dean. <laughs> <laughs> and I am the Ayatollah of Podcast Ola. The cup is Topher. That's right, it's Topher here, and I am ready to rock through this top 10. We're gonna go from 10 to 1, and you're gonna know by the end of the day, once it's all said and done, what the greatest, most spectacular, obsessive wrestling matches for all of us are of all time. At least the last three decades. Armbar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you got that reference, you're a great fan. I did not get the reference. <laughs> oh my god. It's a thousand and four holes? For sure. Whatever. Hold on. Lewis, you're not familiar with the promo of a thousand and four holds? Who did that? Jericho. Yes, I am familiar. Yes. I'm about to say, even I remember that, Lewis. Like, <laughs> it's iconic. Jericho's done so many prom iconic promos now, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Um. Okay, so, yeah. I'm sorry, I have a little one here who's also distracting me, but it's okay. It's it's okay. It's, it's okay. Kennedy invasions happen. Hi, Kennedy. Um, <laughs> 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 so,
So we are going to start this top 10. Like we said, this is the top 10 of our, in our own opinions, our top 10 greatest matches of all time. You might not agree. And you know what? That's great. If you don't, what we want you to do is comment down below and let us know what your top 10 favorite uh, matches of all time are. If some of ours are on your list or if we have something that we haven't said that you think should be on the list. So let us know. But we are going to start with our three honorable mentions. Now, here's the thing. I don't remember my honorable mentions because I forgot we were doing honorable mentions. So I will probably have a new set of honorable mentions because now I have to think back to what honorable mentions do I? Yeah, I don't remember. But for context, uh, last you week, have them. I don't, do, I do. Oh yeah, Brooke will tell yeah. you my honorable mentions because I don't remember my honorable yeah. mentions. So Brooke, mm -hmm. will you start off with my honorable mentions? For context, the reason I have Lana's honorable mentions is because we recorded this episode, the two of us, last month, but the data got corrupted, and now Topher and Lewis are available to join us today. So we figured might as well just re-record it with some more people, giving more perspectives. Um, okay, so Lana's three honorable mentions that she said last time we talked, so I hope these don't count. Uh, first off, we have uh, Three Stages of Hell, Steve Austin versus Triple H. Yes. No Way Out 2001. Great yes. shout. Yes. Um, second, we have a match that I still need to check out. Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio and Edge at No Mercy 2002. Now, and I and I, I started by saying, yes, this might he might he's still a controversial um person in the WWE and in wrestling, but I can't deny that match was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal match, and it has to be mentioned. Yeah. And finally, a match that was on my short list originally that did not make my, quite my honorable mentions, uh, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21, which is certified banger. One of my favorite Michaels matches of all time. I didn't even mention Kurt Angle, so great stuff. Would have been six stars in the Tokyo Dome. Um, I'm glad that's been mentioned as an honorable mention because now I can take that out of my list and bump another one up because <laughs> um, I want to get more matches mentioned. Anyway, uh, my honorable mentions. Let's begin with Simon Dean versus the Boogeyman. No, I'm kidding. I was... <laughs> Simon Dean versus Visser. No. <laughs> Simon Dean, no, no, okay. I do have a top 10 of Simon Dean matches. I was about to say, we really don't have time to go through all okay. of your favorite Simon Dean matches, honestly. Maybe for April 1st. Okay, great. Okay, no worries, I'll save it. Um, my first honorable mention of the night, Triple H versus Cactus Jack, Royal Rumble 2000 Street Fight. It's so good. Such a banger. Oh my god. Okay. My second honorable mention, which is my only independent mention for the night, um, was a match I was actually in attendance for. Um, Will Ospreay versus Rey Mysterio from WCPW Pro Wrestling World Cup. It was a round of 16 match, and it was a banger. And I was there. Great. I'm jealous because that turned on fire. Um... And I'm going to pick one that I don't know if it's going to get mentioned anywhere else because I want to give it flowers. And I don't know if it's going to be anyone else's list. 
TNA turning point America's most wanted versus triple X six sides of steel match. Beautiful. One of my one of the top three matches in TNA history. So good. And when that Elix Skipper just like walks across it and then does the hurricane front runner from the that was such a good mm -hmm. moment. What year what turning point year is that? Is that 2003? Oh, I, I wish I knew. <laughs> Well, say it's 2003, it might be later I think that, it's like 2005, something like that. If you have ever seen the clip of a guy walking across the top of a steel cage and then, like, running across the steel cage and then doing a hurricane rana on a dude that was in, like, a powerbomb spot, that's this match. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's incredible. Okay. Um, my honorable mentions. We're going to start with... Team Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Team Eric Bischoff at Survivor Series 2003. This match was so unpredictable to me because as a 13-year-old child, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that there was no way that Stone Cold was losing this match because his retirement was on the line, and he did. Um, Stone Cold did not actually wrestle in this match. It was Shawn Michaels uh, with uh, the Dudley Boys, um, Booker T, and Rob Van Dam against uh, Scott Steiner, Mark Henry, uh, Christian, Chris Jericho, and Randy Orton. The yes, no. Oh, good, good match. Good match. <laughs> honorable mention is quite possibly been dubbed one of the greatest hardcore matches of all time. That's loose in my opinion. However, it was Edge versus Mick Foley at WrestleMania 22. Oh, yes. Very very surprising. Came out of nowhere. Took me, oh, what a phenomenal, phenomenal match. And my last honorable mention is going to be because of the Way better than it absolutely should have been. Vince McMahon versus Hulk Hogan in a street fight at WrestleMania XIX. The look of Vince McMahon when he comes up and the cameraman catches him. And he's got that pipe. And he's sitting there just staring at Hulk Hogan. It's a five-star match anywhere in the world, I'll tell you what. And it would be... They would meet six stars in the Tokyo. In the Tokyo Dome. So those are my honorable mentions. Um, just quickly drawing off the top of my head what I what like, oh, instant favorites. You know, I'll be honest, I do not think we were getting Vince or Hulk Hogan in this in this list, but you know, I'm okay with it. Um, okay. So, it wasn't in the list, it's an honorable mention. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my honorable mentions, no particular order. Uh first. Uh, is a match that I did not want to include when I was originally drafting this. However, I cannot deny it is incredible. Um, and that is Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, last woman standing at Evolution 20, obviously 2018. Um, I don't like Charlotte. This has been well, well publicized on the bottom at this point, but she did the damn thing. Um, next is a match that I feel like a lot of people have forgotten, even though when it happened, a lot of people loved it. Uh, and that is Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles in the finals of the Intercontinental Championship Tournament on SmackDown on June 12th in 2020. 
It's a 45-minute classic. If you haven't watched it, please, it's on the network. Um, and then finally, uh, Lewis is not going to be the only person dropping a TNA match. Oh. Um, from TNA Unbreakable, <laughs> um, you know where I'm going with this, Lewis. Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. The only five-star match officially in TNA's history. Um, it's incredible. This is really when I think a lot of people started to take notice of all three of these guys. Um, and if you really want to watch some good old AJ Styles, like old AJ Styles, he was like 24, 25 at the time. Mm -hmm. That match propelled the entire X Division. I think the X mm -hmm. Division wouldn't have as much... Well, I don't know what the word is. Prevalence? Is that a word? Prestige. Like, prestige. It's prestige. Yeah, because, yeah, if you I mean, for that much. Like the X Division themselves, like if you hear X TNA, the one of the first things that pops in your head is the X Division. And this is exactly why. Uh it's an incredible match. Also, the first time Samoa Joe took a loss in TNA. Fun fact. Um, so there you go. I am a TNA hater. This is one that this will be the exception to your rule, Tepper. <laughs> What well, is the X Division? Can you explain it to me? <laughs> it's basically the cruiserweight division, but they mm -hmm. don't have a weight limit. Mm. And it's fire. Uh, lots of really cool people have came out of there. Like uh, Alex Shelley came out of there. AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, Abyss. Uh, Kurt Williams. Williams. Yeah. Petey fucking Williams. Petey Williams. Uh, let's see. Who else? Like Skipper. Uh, D'Angelo De Niro, you might remember him better as Elijah Burke, CW. Um, lots of really great people have came out of the X Division. Uh, Bobby Roode's a former X Division champion. Austin Aries is a former X Division champion. Oh. Oh. Perkins, uh, Loki, aka Cabal, is a formal, former X Division champion. Basically, if you wrestled in TNA, you, you were an X Division had... champion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the X Division, where there are no limits, and by no limits, we mean everybody. Literally, the whole tag was it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. And I. Oh, well, well, then that's fine. We'll jump into our top 10 list. I think this is where it's going to get fun and interesting for us all. So let's jump right in, and I will start us off with. Our number 10, my number 10 is WrestleMania 25, uh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. This one, their first of other matches that they wrestled, but this one for me was such a, like from the entrance, I was like, I'm hooked. From the very, their, when Shawn Michaels came down from the sky and Undertaker rose up from the pits and I was like, Okay. Okay. I'm ready for this. I don't know what's going to happen, but Shawn Michaels have been like on a tear before trying to get to this match to wrestle the undertaker. The buildup for this match was amazing. And then when they got to WrestleMania, it was like, okay, I feel like this was the one that I think the undertaker Shawn Michaels took the Undertaker the closest to his limit of losing his streak without losing the streak. I feel like Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, like, was, oh, I don't know. Because Shawn Michaels is, like, my favorite wrestler of all times. Like, Shawn Michaels is the wrestler that I just, he was my first wrestling crush. I was like, Shawn Michaels is the finest thing in the whole wide world. Can nobody tell me different? 
I just fell in love with Shawn Michaels. And then I was like, and not only is he good looking, he's a great wrestler. Like he's so good. And his cocky attitude, I don't know, maybe it was my bad boy era. I just kind of like I just kind of like that. And it was just so good to me. So and then the Undertaker was somebody who I just instantly was attracted to as far as his wrestling style and, and who he was. His character just instantly drew me in from the second he walked out of Survivor Series in 1988. I was like, I don't know who this person is. I don't really know his character, but I love it. And I'm an instant fan. Undertaker could do no wrong in my eyes. Like the Undertaker will make several appearances on my list because that's just how much of a fan I am to the Undertaker. He could do no wrong for me. So to have Shawn Michaels and Undertaker going against each other was my, like, the best match, dream match for me ever. And so I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. I love this match. It was one of my favorite matches of all time. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. I, I was going to have an HBK Taker match in my top 10, but it didn't make the cut. This was going to be the one. And I mean, all, all, all there's a few to pick from. There's that one. There's 26, which is still up there. There's also the one where they had the Hell in a Cell where Kane debuted. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Um, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> Great. Um, okay. We're having a more recent one in my top 10, uh, in my 10th place. NXT, TakeOver, Brooklyn, 4, Johnny versus Tommaso, Last Man Standing. One of two good Last Man Standing matches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this entire storyline between DIY had me hooked for a huge amount of time because it ran for quite some time because Tommaso got injured for some time and then they ran it back again. Um, but yeah, that last minute standing is probably my favorite out of the, uh, all of the matches. There was that one unsanctioned match that was up there, but I still enjoyed the last minute standing a lot more. <laughs> a lot of people talk about like the undisputed era portion of NXT being like peak NXT. No. Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa is peak NXT. Like, I, I can't, as, like, an NXT super fan, um, it, I don't think they've ever beaten that era, uh, personally, and I don't think they've ever had a better feud than that either. So it, it's incredible stuff. And it's a shame that we have not gotten Tommaso Ciampa really coming into his own on the main roster because Tommaso yeah. Ciampa as a heel champion when he was NXT champion and he's holding the belt like it's his freaking child and he's calling it gold. Like, classic. I don't know. Love Goldie. All right. My turn? Yeah. yeah. So let me paint the picture for you. Let me set the stage. It was 2005, okay? And in 2005, John Cena had finally won the WWE Championship. And we were over the moon. We rejoiced. We were so happy for him. And then he moved to Raw. And it was like, oh, this is good. We're shaking stuff up. But then the match is announced. SummerSlam. 2005, John Cena versus Chris Jericho for the WWE Championship. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. I don't want Chris Jericho to lose to John Cena. I want 
Chris Jericho to win. I would rather see Jericho as champion over John Cena. And I was like in my head watching this match going, let's go Cena. Let's go Jericho. Let's go Cena. Let's go Jericho. And then Chris Jericho lost and I was crushed. I could not believe they did that. And that started my hatred of John Cena for the duration of John Cena in the late aughts. But Chris Jericho versus John Cena for the first time that we had such a polarizing crowd back and forth against John Cena proving why John Cena is both the greatest face and heel of all time. It was so spectacular. I remember that match like it was yesterday. I've rewatched it a gajillion times. That is why it's my number 10 match. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Was the night after on Raw the night where Jericho got fired from Raw? Yes. He thought it was a rematch and a year fired match. And it was so funny because he was like, he loses the match and Eric Bischoff comes out and is like, you couldn't get the job done. You're fired. And he gets carried out like, "Ah." it was Mm -hmm. great. Great. Never to be seen from again until 2007. So it was good. He really did. It was good. Good Davis Y2J. Um, (laughs) Regardless. Now we're on to my number 10. Um, Now, like I've mentioned many times on this channel before, I love NXT. I love NXT with all of my heart. And I may have just said moments ago that Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa is peak NXT. I fibbed a tiny bit. Just, Just this much. That is my second favorite rivalry in NXT history. My favorite rivalry in NXT history involves two of the four horsewomen. Um, and this is my favorite match we have ever had between any combination of the four horsewomen. It is Sasha Banks versus Bailey at NXT TakeOver Respect 2015, the Iron Woman match. Um, Was that not Brooklyn? No, Brooklyn is their first one. The the Iron oh. Woman match is the second one. Um, now Brooklyn, incredible match, delightful, fire, amazing, probably better than some of the matches I have in this top ten. However, <laughs> I don't want to load up this card with Sasha Banks versus Bailey, so I'm gonna let them get one, and this is the one I chose for them. Um, it was the first ever women's. It was the first ever Iron Woman match. Uh, some of my favorite spots in the history of pro wrestling are in this match. This is the one where Bailey hits the reverse Rana on Sasha off the top rope. That is not at Brooklyn. You have been Mandela into believing that. Um, and it is it just has such a special place in my heart. This is really when you can tell the company started caring about the female talent more and letting them have more time. And by the company, I mean Triple H. But um, <laughs> letting them do more things on TV. And I think yeah. Lana has something she'd like to say about it as well. I am very glad that um, Brooke started with that because that is my number nine on my list. <laughs> I felt like that match was everything. Sasha and Bailey. Just put on a show. And I feel like I think we knew Sasha at the point was leaving NXT, got called up to the roster to the main roster. And I felt like this was the perfect match for her to show everybody on the main roster who she is. And then the perfect way for Bailey to continue with with winning and showing how amazing she is to continue the women's division on NXT. 
it was just an amazing match. I I was blown away watching it, and it's so funny because I did not watch that that um that match live. I watched it because so many people were talking about how great it is and how great it was. I had to go back and watch it, and so when I did watch it, I was like, oh my god, right? This was such a good match, and you, a lot of people and myself included, sometimes we try to downplay how great these women are in in this sport and when they do, but. It was like at this moment, they, they they just showed how amazing they are and why they are superstars and not just divas. Like they are really great athletes and they showed it and they proved it. And I was just like, I'm here for this. I love it. It was one of it was just a great match. It's incredible. And I, and again, Lauren and I on the same page. We love to see it. Period. <laughs> Um, full disclosure, my list is shuffling as we go, <laughs> because, <laughs> because uh, there's a, I mean, I don't want to mention matches that I already mentioned, just because I want to give m as many matches the flowers that we can give them. I, I mean, I feel like if your list is your list, you should stick to your list, and if it happens okay. to match up with other people, it means that we're all in agreement on these matches are the greatest of all times. I feel like shuffling me in and out is taken away from what you've initially said. These are my top no, only, 10 matches. I'm only, I'm only changing one match. So one match that is not in my top 10, and we'll talk about it after we go, uh, go off air. Um, okay. But my number nine. Okay. I feel like this was... Probably, unless I'm mistaken, the first ever OMG moment of wrestling. Oh, that's a bold statement. <laughs> OMG moment, as in, like, oh my god, that's never been done before. Oh my god, that's crazy. Oh my god, is he okay? Oh my god, he's moving. Oh my god, he's alive. Oh, can I oh, guess? No. Can I guess? No, no, absolutely no. Shut up, bro. What part of no don't you understand, sir? No. So my number nine is Simon Dean versus no. Um, <laughs> Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it's. Mm. For I don't think there was a moment ever like that before it happened. Nineteen ninety nine, King of the Ring. I think that was. I might be wrong. 98. 98 King of the Ring. Mm -hmm. I will say this, still. Lewis. That match is also on my list, and it will make an appearance at some point, but we'll Ooh. wait to see where it makes their appearance. I was like, Lewis is about to do, like, Superfly jumping off the cage at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Please. That was... That was... That was a live event, so it doesn't count. Oh, uh, Tofi, you're on mute. <laughs> Sorry. I said yes. That, that is a, a fantastic moment, but it did not make my list, even though no. I did watch that match. Uh, mm. I, 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 I was quite uh, xenophobic to my own country with the match that I omitted from my list. That's my clue for, mm. for the match that I omitted from my list. It's my number nine is also a first of its kind, if you will. And this match featured not one, not two, but six men. And this match 
was the Elimination Chamber from Survivor Series 2002 with Shawn Michaels versus Triple H versus Booker T versus Kane versus Chris Jericho versus Rob Van Dam. This was a culmination match. These six men all had a reason to be in this match. Mm-hmm. Yet they both they all put their bodies on the line. Without this match, we would not have Elimination Chamber at all because this would have been a flop. But because of the brutality of this match and the surprise victory of Shawn Michaels finally upsetting Triple H, who, even though he only had the championship for three months at that time, felt like he had had the championship forever and could not be unseated. It was the rain from hell. And Shawn Michaels gave us a nice little interruption into that. So... Well, this was also during that time period where uh, Triple H was basically ping-ponging the title with people, right? So, like, right. 2002 up until, like, 2005, Triple H was always, like, circling that world title. Uh, I believe it has been termed as the Reign of Terror, and uh, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. you nail on the head on that one, Tucker. I, I wince every time I watch that frog splash, knowing, <laughs> knowing oh, what's about to happen. I forgot about that. All right, yeah. so my number nine is much more recent than anything that has been mentioned on this list. Um, it is one of the very few times in wrestling where we as a fan base have collectively supported a wrestler, right? Who the company liked, but they never really did a lot with them. And we propelled them up the card into a singles match at the greatest, at the showcase of the Immortals, not for a title. It's not Kofi Mania. I'm sorry. Um, but it is Seth Rollins versus Cesaro at WrestleMania 37. Um, now, as I have made clear many times on this channel, I am a Cesaro stand account. Um, audio, whatever you want to call him nowadays. He's killing it up in AEW. Great stuff. But the moment that I feel like a lot of people that are fans of him today became fans of him was when he was, I think it was 25 consecutive spins on Seth Rollins in the Cesaro swing at Mania 37. Um, And then he won. Like, I'm sorry, but it's so rare that not only did we get a mid-carder getting a big push up the card, but we we thought he was going to be world champion at some point. Obviously, that didn't pan out. But um, Cesaro winning this match was so euphoric to my little cynical wrestling fan heart. And I am so happy that he's doing some incredible stuff in AEW nowadays. Um, and not to mention, Seth was incredible as usual. So great stuff across the board. I agree with all of that. I think Cesaro, that, I think that was, I don't remember. Did we, did we ever find out how many spins that actually was? That I don't happened? think they looked it up, but I know it got 20. It was at least 25. At yeah. Least. yeah, it was a lot. That's that's a good one. That was an underrated one. That gets overseen a lot. Greatest, <laughs> greatest ball dropped, I think, in the history of WWE. Honestly, this is no. yeah. Another one we will be discussing later on in my list that I think is also in contention for that slot. Oh. That's that's great. Okay, I'm I'm. Let me get my life together because we need to talk about number eight, and um. Somebody might have mentioned it a little bit. I might have said something about it. And so I'm just going to bring it up because my list consists of things, of matches that, number one, I feel like are the greatest because of the technicality of the matches. 
And some of them are just my heartstring moments. These are just the batches I think are great because my heart was in this moment and they just felt amazing when it happened. And my number eight is one of those matches. And it is WrestleMania 35. It is Kofi Mania. It is Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. I feel like that's one of the greatest matches because it made me feel like it let me feel remember why I love this sport, why I love wrestling, why I root for people to see them get to the top and finally get the the, the, the brass ring, as they say. It was just such an, an amazing moment and an amazing night and well-deserved. I was like, sure, the rain wasn't great because, you know, what they did to him at the end. But I felt like it was about time and it will never get old to me seeing the celebration of the New Day after the match to see Xavier just so overwhelmed and tears just flowing freely and them changing that belt out from Daniel Bryan's god-awful belt to me to, <laughs> to a regular belt. It was just a great moment. I will forever, forever, forever love that moment. And anytime I see it, like clips or anything, I'm like, let me relive this all again. Let me relive this moment once again. <laughs> so good. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. We forget about Mania 35 a lot nowadays, like how we were feeling going into it. But like Seth Brock, Becky, um, Becky Ronda Charlotte, and then these, and then Kofi Daniel was like the three matches we all collectively as a wrestling fandom wanted Seth, Kofi, and Becky to win. And going into the show, we all thought that at least one of them were going to lose. Mm-hmm. because we never get nice things from this company. And this is like one of the very few like feel-good nights in wrestling we have ever had from WWE, like across the board. So true. And for uh, Daniel Bryan to pass the torch to Kofi Kingston in the same way the torch was passed to him, like absolutely was perfect storm, perfect story. It, it was not, a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Not on my Had to be in mine. I, don't, I, I, I could not not have it in mine. No, I'm I'm very appreciative that it's being represented. Um, speaking of representation, I'm British. Who would have thought? <laughs> and, I had no idea. And this match uh, represented British things. No, it, <laughs> okay. Uh, so SummerSlam '92. British Bulldog, Bret Hart, in the middle of Wembley sta- Stadium. So, uh, prob- I'd go as far to say the best Intercontinental Championship match. You know, a lot of people would argue with that, and uh, I would even argue with that, but I don't think it's like a bad take at all. Um, well, what's like, the counter? It, it, uh, you'll see. <laughs> Oh, it's um, okay. It's be- the other day, my luggage was so heavy. It was almost, I had to carry it almost as hard as I had to carry Davy Boy through that match at SummerSlam 2000, uh, 1992. <laughs> also, people are winning at the end. Spoiler alert for a match that happened 30 years ago. But, like, uh, it's it's one of the, again, one of those feel good moments in wrestling history. Like, mm-hmm. incredible stuff. Yeah. Topher, that would turn to be you. 
Oh, my turn. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, my number eight match was absolutely unexpected because at this time, there was an individual who had made their return, surprisingly, came out of nowhere. We heard, that's my best Brock Lesnar impression. And he came out to SummerSlam and faced CM Punk, the best in the world, CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman in a neutral corner. It was way better than it should have been. Brock Lesnar had not been performing up to skills. It was literally the moment that you knew Punk could get a best match out of anybody. I want to say SummerSlam 2014, right? Like that's my... Um, that sounds like was. Sorry, 2013. SummerSlam 2013. Um, one of the greatest matches, in my opinion, of all time, and that's my number eight. Yeah, that match is... Actually, it's a match I haven't watched, I don't think, since it, it since that pay-per-view happened. I'm going to rewatch it. Um, So, my number eight is an all-time classic. Um, It is a match that I had actually never seen before I originally made my short list for this, but I was like, okay... A lot of people say this is their favorite match of all time. So I should go back and look at it and see if it is, like, nostalgia from a bunch of wrestling fans who were alive before I was or if it's actually that good. No, it's actually that good. Um, It is from WrestleMania 3, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Randy Savage um, for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. The second Intercontinental title match of all time. Um, in my opinion, the second best IC title match of all time. You'll see number one just a little bit. Um, I uh, fun fact: this is actually also my second favorite Mania match. Now uh, it is. Uh, there's one more on here as well. Um, this is also one of the best finishes in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> um, if you have not watched this match, I dare not spoil it for you here. Um, but just know this is a blood feud culminating at WrestleMania during a time period where that was exactly where blood feeds culminated every time. Um, and it is inarguably a legend match, period. When WWE starts inducting matches into the Hall of Fame, this is definitely going to be one of those like surefire first ballot, like definitely getting in the Hall of Fame matches. It is celebrated to kingdom come on one of arguably one of the best WrestleManias of that time period as well. So, yeah, WrestleMania 3, uh, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat. It wasn't the match that everybody came paying for the pay-per-view to watch, but it was the match everybody left talking about. <laughs> and that, I believe, is the match that gave the Intercontinental Championship that label of the workhorse belt. <laughs> well, I mean, especially because, I mean, a lot of people just, when you talk about WrestleMania 3, most of the time it's just Hogan Andre. And again, Hogan Andre, for what it is, right – which is a spectacle, right? It's not trying to be a technical masterpiece. Lord knows Andre couldn't have done that. But, and Hogan couldn't have either, let's be blunt. Um, it's a spectacle. This is purely pro wrestling. I don't want to say at its finest, but at its most pure. Um, right. A story where a good guy and a bad guy fight for supremacy and Again, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it, it the ending is so satisfying. It is one of my favorite. It, it, honestly, it might be my favorite finish to any wrestling match ever. It is that good. Um, right. Yeah. Great stuff. Great match. 
Lana, if you're back, let us know. Let us if, see. If not, I'll start with my seven. Sweet, let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll start with my seven and then we'll pan back to Lana um, when she's back. Uh, okay, now number seven. Ooh, okay. Uh, this is... Uh, yeah, all of these are favourites of mine. I love this one, uh, especially uh, 2002 SummerSlam. Shawn Michaels, Triple H in the unsanctioned match. Such a fucking banger. And uh, and the story, the story of them two hitting into that match, I was... I say I was like I was watching at the time. I had to go back and watch. <laughs> but the storyline was probably my favorite between them both. Um, it's so crazy to imagine that this wasn't even going to be Michael's Triple H until literally a month before the show. Is that true? Yeah, it was originally going to be Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon at, some, at SummerSlam that year. Yeah. I found that out today, actually, because... Uh, I can't remember if it was Cultaholic or What Culture or Wrestle Talk. One of them, one of the wrestling channels, posted this like ten matches at WrestleMania, not WrestleMania, at SummerSlam that got scrapped, and it was like all these matches, and a lot of them we knew about. Like they had Riddle and Rollins from SummerSlam last year on there, but um, yeah, I didn't know about that. But honestly, this match, I, I can't imagine us getting Michaels McMahon at SummerSlam. No, After it's it always had to be Triple H. Every interview that I have seen is like it always has to be Triple H. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, we don't know. I'm not <laughs> an alcoholic. Um, oh, good match though. Oh, what's that? Topher, did she win? She won. She made final two. Yeah. She made final two. <laughs> that was one of the The final two. It's so it's I'm could not be more proud of her. Oh. Okay, my number seven. This match was, again, a WrestleMania match that we did not pay to see, but was the one that we left walking away talking about. It's not for a title. It's a regular match, and that is WrestleMania 19, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. The buildup to this match, when you start off with WrestleMania, with Royal Rumble and, you know, Shawn Michaels says, I'm going to be number one because I'm going to do it again. And Chris Jericho's like, I can't be number one because Shawn Michaels took number one. And he bloodies up Shawn Michaels and throws him out of the ring. And then you get that, like, Chris Jericho wanted to be Shawn Michaels. And you have that, like, an incredible back and forth with Shawn Michaels winning essentially with a roll-up, a wrestling move. And Chris Jericho having that moment where you're like, oh, my God, they're about to hug. What a beautiful moment. And then, boom. Low blow, Shawn Michaels goes to his knees holding on to Chris Jericho and Jericho just shoves him off. And it is such a beautiful moment. And it is a masterclass in how to be a heel and how to get over losing. Um, And Mm -hmm. it changed my opinion about, well, it didn't really change my opinion. about. I had high opinions about Chris Jericho, but it really, it elevated both of them in my opinion. So phenomenal match. And I would rewatch it again and again. Unpopular opinion, honestly, this is probably my favorite Shawn Michaels WrestleMania match, um, so I can't even be mad at it. Um, fun fact this and both of Michaels Undertaker not on my list, so um, all three of them made the short list though, so it, it's whatever. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, great match, great feud, honestly. Um, one of the very few times I ever cared about Jericho, keeping it book, keeping it a book, but uh, great stuff. Oh, and the reclaiming of the title of Mr. WrestleMania, I think for Shawn Michaels, this is when it like. I'm back after four years of injury, and I'm going to steal every match at WrestleMania. All right. So this is a match I bet neither of you have seen, um, although it is on the network. Um, it is probably the only match mentioned today that will be from a WCW show. Um, but it is from WCW Slambury 1997. Oh, where you have Ultimate Dragon, aka Ultimo Dragon, fighting one of my favorite pro wrestlers of all time, Lord Steven Regal, aka William Regal. I'm um, in. I hate you every minute, just a little bit more. <laughs> oh, regardless. Um, now, um, and this is also for the TV title, for the record. Um, now, a lot of people are like, oh, William Regal's a great wrestler. He never really had any matches, though, that were, like, top tier. No, they're a dirty liar. Um, this is probably the best example of a wrestling match on my list. That's like, well, no, that's a lie. Um, but, like, um, purely, like, a technical wrestler that all the entire match, the whole gimmick is Regal is wearing Dragon down, trying to put him in the Regal stretch. That is the entire match. Right. You have Ultimate Dragons manager Sonny Ono at ringside getting involved, get interfering. And I remember, Ultimate Dragon is the face because Steven Regal is never a, a face, ever. Um, but it, it's so perfect. And it's a very underrated match, in my opinion. It's not very long either. If you, It's the opening match of Slambury 97. If you have the time, go on the network and watch it. Um, it's incredible. And I cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> That is a great match, by the way. It is. I agree. Okay. And yes, I am back. My number seven match is actually a very recent match. I feel like this match was recent and it just turned out to be one of my favorite match of like for a long time. And it is Clash of the Castle. I missed that. I know you were there. And it is Gunther versus Sheamus. That match was amazing. Uh, it just, for me, it just solidified how incredible Gunther is as a wrestler. Mm -hmm. I did. He was not on my radar before, and even though he had been in the company for a minute and he had been on the main roster, he was just not somebody who I paid a lot of attention to. But when I watched that match, because Sheamus, of course, we love Sheamus. Sheamus is, is an amazing wrestler. He's a brawler. He's a fighter. That's just what he does. I was a fan of Sheamus, and I was like, I want Sheamus to win this match. That's just what I, I want to see happen. Then I watched Gunther and, them, and Sheamus go back and forth and back and forth, and I was like on the edge of my seat the entire time because it was just good wrestling it was good fighting it was just such a good match i enjoyed every second of it and i didn't expect that to happen i went to this card that was not the match i was looking forward to going into this show 
But this literally took the show for me. I was like, this is the best match of the night. And I don't care. Argue with your mama or argue with the wall. I don't want to hear it because this was the greatest match on that card for me. And I was like, who would have thunk it? I was so entertained. I was, I could not sit still. I was just like, ah, ah, reacting all over the place. My folks thought I was crazy because I was screaming so much watching this match. And if you get me that excited about a, a, a typical, what's supposed to be a typical wrestling match, you have done your job. And I have to give flowers where the flowers are due. Gunther and Sheamus stole the show for me at Clash the Castle. And it was amazing. I, I just, there are no other words to say besides that was one of my favorite matches of oh. that card. There is actually Lana. Can you go ahead and swap that tag to six? <laughs> yeah. So Gunther versus Sheamus at Clash of the Castle 2022 is my number six on my list. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, again, Lana and I are on the same page. We um, were here. This is my favorite Intercontinental title match of all time. Uh, this is God. It's so hard to say. This is my favorite Gunther match because there are so many good ones. Him and Ilya Dragunov wrestled so many wars. Him and Pete Dunne for the uh, UK title originally is so good, too. Um, Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate as well. Got, just watch Gunther's entire UK title run. Just watch the whole thing. Um, but this is my favorite Gunther match. This is also my favorite Sheamus match. Um, and, you know, we talked about Long mentioned we all love Sheamus, but I feel like a lot of the people, we liked him, right? And we respected him. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time he had ever been in a match, at least in recent memory, that people were like, oh, this man is still this good. Because yeah. I remember when he was having that feud with Daniel Bryan all those years ago, and they had that two out of three falls match at Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, oh, Sheamus is like a really good wrestler, on top of like having good character work and good punching and shit. But no, this is incredible. Sheamus is still the man to take this belt off Gunther. I don't care what anybody says. Gunther can have this belt until Mania 40. Sheamus wins Royal Rumble this year, and instead of going for a world title, he challenges Gunther for the IC title. I want it. We all need it. <laughs> but, hey, they used money in the bank on the U.S. title. It can happen, okay? It's a guaranteed match contract at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Okay? And also, why would Sheamus want a belt he's already won? Okay, he can win the IC title get that grand slam that's eluded him for so many years. Uh, he deserves it so much. And again, sorry for going out of order, but it just felt more natural this way. It felt natural that it way. Felt I you did it I go would, natural. Yeah, I wanted it to go that way. <laughs> Not on my top 10 list, but it was the match and event that made me go, ooh, wrestling is good then. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to was that? away for six? And just since we're already headed this way, go the other way. Oh, for six. You want me yeah, to go? Let's go, yeah, go ahead, Topher. All right. My number six match is probably a sleeper because we're going to take a revisit to the olden days of Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar was good. This was pre-UCF, UFC. And Brock Lesnar had beaten The Rock and he is now facing off against The Undertaker in a hell, in a cell (laughs) match at No Mercy 2002, which the entire card is extremely underrated, probably one of the best non-Big Four pay-per-views that there are. 
Uh, no Mercy 2002, Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. This is the match that made Brock Lesnar, in my opinion, because not only like he, he had already gone, he had been on a winning streak and gone up there, but he had been vulnerable. He had been, you know, there was a little bit of like eh, a little too much soap opera drama going into it with Undertaker cheating on his wife with some random woman, whatever. But they cut that out of any of the recaps in the best of series. And in this match, like Paul Heyman is bleeding and Undertaker bleeding and Brock Lesnar is just absolutely just destroying the Undertaker in a way that the Undertaker had never been destroyed before in a phenomenal match there's that moment of like Undertaker pulling Brock Lesnar like this yank yank mm-hmm. yank Brock Lesnar or not Brock Lesnar sorry Paul Heyman and he's going into the cage like oh, oh like a, it's insane um and one of my favorite commentary calls of all time is Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman is sitting there going what are you doing? What are you doing with the Undertaker's going old school with uh, Brock Lesnar? And Taz goes, or Michael Cole goes, what does he want? He wants the WWE Championship. That's what he wants. And it was just, it's absolutely ridiculous. We should really do a rewatch of this whole pay-per-view, I promise you. Like, it was one of my favorite matches of all time. I have rewatched it a million times. Number six, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, Hell in a Cell, WWE Championship, No Mercy 2002. This is also the match where Undertaker had the broken hand, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Has to come off before Hell in a Cell, and then Stephanie ruled that because it is a Hell in a Cell match, all things are legal. Therefore, that cast gets to stay on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great, great feud. Great feud. Such a great feud. Um, this is guaranteed to be the most recent um, selection on any of our lists. And if you find a more recent match in, to put in your top 10, I'd be surprised. We're going to 2023. <laughs> all Banger. the way back there? Oh my. All the way back there. Wesley. <laughs> Wesley, did you hear the words Wesley? Yeah, and Don Mysterio, you heard that too. Uh, <laughs> no. Did we say that's it? No. No. <laughs> oh, no way. No, no way. Absolutely not. No way. Um, we go into the other side, the 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 other federation. Um, AEW. AEW. Mm-hmm. I genuinely, genuinely, I think this is match of the year, and we we're, we're we're not even at the end yet. Um, Forbidden Door. Well, it's breaking in my <laughs> Well, that's breaking in my Genuinely. <laughs> Genuinely, I was floored by how good that was and how invested I was in that match. Because, I mean, I didn't, I don't usually give AEW much time, but I decided off on the off chance that I had nothing else to do. Let's watch Forbidden Door. I was floored because I did watch their New Japan match, their the the Wrestle Kingdom, and I hated it because it felt very one sided. Mm-hmm. It felt like. Omega was squashing Osprey for a lot for a lot of the match, but Forbidden Door, their match between the, the match between Omega and Osprey was phenomenal. Um, the amount of I I I love me a false finish. The amount of false finishes in that match was incredible. <laughs> um, AEW, their story their storytelling is lackluster compared to the WWE, but their technical wrestling and like the actual wrestling is incredible. 
Um, and that match is, yeah. I can't believe I'm putting a 2023 match in my top 10 matches of all time, but here we are. They're not in one, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I did watch this match because I watched Forbidden Door. I didn't like it that much comparatively. I don't, it's not like a top 10, it's a good match, like don't get me wrong, but it's not like a top 10 for me. But you talk your talk, Lewis. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't comment on it, never saw it. <laughs> But I will comment on my number six. Um, my number six match is definitely a heart match. It is a match that I have picked because I just enjoyed the participants in this match. I enjoyed the athleticism in this match. And I enjoyed the historic moments that was in this match. And therefore, my, my match number six is WrestleMania 37 with Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks because as a black woman, I would feel like very wrong for me not to mention how amazing this match was because they, first of all, to made history because the two African-American women main eventing WrestleMania, we had only recently had women wrestle uh, main eventing WrestleMania recently. And so this is the first time two African-American American women were able to main event WrestleMania. Hey, main event anything at this point. Like they've never WrestleMania uh, main evented any event. So the fact that they got to represent themselves and um, main event WrestleMania was huge. And not only was it huge, but it was just, it wasn't just historic. The factor of it being historic was the best part about this match. It was the way they performed in this match that made it so great to me. Like they, they took in the moment, they acknowledged the moment. They were like, "Okay, here we are, girl. Look, mm -mm -mm, I see. This is it." They took in that moment at the beginning, and then they got to what they came here to do, and they put on a great show. Like spot after spot was like amazing. Sasha Banks, incredible wrestler. Mercedes right now, but incredible wrestler. So it's like, period. You was gonna get a good show from Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, up and coming, great, great wrestler. Like she is so athletic and she's so good and she's just amazing. Everybody loves her. She is the EST and she made her mark in NXT and now she was making her mark on the main roster. It was amazing and. It was just good spots after spots, and then the hair smashed with the braid. It was, it was so good, and I was like, you know what? I love this match for so many reasons. I had to put it on my top ten. It will forever be just a great match for me. So, I cannot wait that match. That match is incredible. So, it was a beautiful moment. Best women, one of the best women's match for all time. I think I was crying. <laughs> I, I know I was crying. I, it was, I couldn't even like act like, oh no, I'm okay. No, I was full on sobbing. Like, <laughs> do we I, see what's going on? It was. So I mean, good. just regard the historical nature of it, right? The match is still incredible. Still a great mm -hmm. match. <laughs> yeah, like like I say, if you put the historic part aside 
you can still look at that match and it's a rewatchable match. And I feel like only good rewatchable matches need to make it to this list for me. And I could go back and rewatch it and, and break it down like, oh, did you see that spot? Did you see when she flipped her off the top rope? Did you see what? It? And that's what made this match good. Not just because it was historic, but they came and delivered a really sound match that I could watch again. All right. So, folks, we are officially halfway through the list. So what we're going to do is go back and recap. So just for anybody who might have shown up late to the to the podcast they might not have heard all of what we said even though you could rewind but why we, we're gonna make it so you don't have to everybody will go through our top 10 through six list just really quickly um i'll start number 10 is sean michaels the undertaker wrestlemania 25 number nine is bailey and sasha banks at uh nxt takeover um number eight is kofi kingston versus daniel bryan at wrestlemania 35 Number seven is Gunther and Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. And number six is Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks at WrestleMania 37. Lewis? All right, man. Number 10 uh, is Undertaker Mankind, Hell in a Cell, King of the Ring 98. Uh, my nine is British Bulldog, the Bret Hart, SummerSlam 92. Uh, my seven is Shawn Michaels Triple H Unsanctioned Match at SummerSlam 2002. And my number... Oh, did I... Skip one. You 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 started. You know what? If, do you have it? <laughs> Lewis's number ten is Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa in his. That's what I forgot or, because because, oh, because I yeah swapped that, mm-hmm. yeah because I swapped out. That's the only one. Uh, so ten Gargano Champa, nine Taker Mankind, eight Bulldog Brett, uh, seven Michaels Triple H, and six Omega Osprey. So far. My top 10, 10, Cena, Jericho, SummerSlam 05, 9, Elimination Chamber from the Survivor Series 2002, uh, 8, Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk from SummerSlam 2013, 7, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho, WrestleMania XIX, and number 6, Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, Hell in a Cell, WWE Championship, number 2002. Okay, Brooke. All right, uh, my number 10 is Bailey versus Sasha Banks at NXT TakeOver Respect. Uh, my number nine is Cesaro versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 37. Uh, my number eight is Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. Uh, my number seven is Lord Steven Regal versus Ultimate Dragon at, Rest- at WCW Slamboree 1997. Watch it, I swear. <laughs> my number six is Gunther versus uh, Gunther versus Sheamus at uh, Clash of the Castle 2022. Also, because it is the obligatory time, Samantha Irvin is the best ring announcer in the history of the company. Period. You must be mentioned in every episode. In every episode of when we're talking about WWE. Gotta do it. Oh, congrats to Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville for winning the NXT. Chelsea Green. Chelsea Chelsea. Chelsea Green. That made me happy. I love that. That's fine. All right. But now we're going to start our top five. And I will start my top five. We'll go back in order again. Um, Number five for me is WrestleMania 17, even though they call it 7X. X7. Uh, X7, whatever. It's 17. It was 17. Um, and for me, it's The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. I 
arguing with your mama. I love that match. A lot of people were like, that's not a great match. I love that match. I thought it was a great match. It was when Stone Cold and The Rock were like at their top of the tops of the, of their careers. They both were very favorited by the, the, the WWE Universe. And it just seemed like it was a natural occurrence for them to fight each other. It was just like, yeah, two, two of the top dogs trying to say who is the top dog. And it was just a good match. It was, it, did we see them fight a lot? Sure. Did they have, you know, other matches that people might have thought were better? Maybe, possibly. But for me, I thought, look, for me, for me, I thought this was one of their greatest uh, matches that they fought together. Um, it was just a good match. You don't expect anything less from Stone Cold and The Rock because they are just top tier wrestlers. They just they just are, and they're just great, and they are great at what they do. They are two amazing characters who just gives you everything that you want in a character, even when they're both if they're both heel or if they're face. They just give you what you need in a character. And I appreciated this match very much. It was also the second of their three matches. Well, yep. uh, easily my favorite. Easily my favorite. Best video package mm-hmm. video oh, of all time. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Ron Michaels Undertaker at WrestleMania 26 would like a word. I mean, okay, that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. I just completely disconnect. Hmm. Oh no, we hear you. We're just waiting for your five. Hear you, see you. Well, no, we don't. Okay. Well, Tover, you go until Lewis comes back. Your number yes. five. All right, number five for me. If it wasn't for this match, I may not be a wrestling fan today. I did not get to see this match happen live. I saw this match on VHS tape when I was a wee little lad. I was 10 years old and I started going to Blockbuster and I started renting VHS tapes after I had uh, became a fan. And this is Triple H versus Cactus Jack, Royal Rumble 2000 in a street fight for the WWE Championship. The reason why this match is so pivotal for me is because one, the video package before the match took place where Mick Foley was, he was fired and and Triple H was the one that did that. And he's the bad guy. And he's this clean, pristine looking like student Mm -hmm. of the game type person. And Mick Foley is like looking pathetic and weak and he's getting made fun of as, as mankind. And when he says he's going, and for this match, I'm going to declare a substitution and he pulls off his shirt. You realize it's Cactus Jack and it's like, oh my God. And you realize this man is completely different. And this is in the Madison Square Garden. This is Mrs. Foley's baby boy. This is the moment that Triple H becomes a superstar because he's literally driven to the limit by Cactus Jack. He's brought to that next level and kudos to Mick Foley as a person, because realistically, like in hindsight, looking at him, he is always the, the go-to opponent after somebody has won a championship to really elevate them to the next level. So that is why Cactus Jack versus Triple H street fight. Oh, and I had never seen anything like that before with the barbed wire and the blood and the the staff infection. 
90,000 unprotected chair shots to the head. Oh, it's a different time back then. I mean, okay. no knock. And it's, this is not Royal Rumble 1999. This is Royal Rumble 2000. They're both bad about it. They are both bad about it. Yeah. 90 yards is easily worse, but like, neither one of them are great about that. Um, this match is incredible. I wanted to talk about it during Lewis's honorable mentions earlier, but uh, no, it's great. It's great. Yeah, I, I catch me, that catch. Was, was this the match where we had um mankind who like I I I I need a substitution, can't do it, and we saw him go through the mankind character to the to, it wasn't that one. Okay, that was this the one. first street fight, which also took place in Madison Square Garden. Which I, adding to that historical context of this is the second time that they had met and knowing what I know now about the history going into that of like the only time that like Triple H has lost to Mick Foley is when he is Cactus Jack. And mm-hmm. it, 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 it really is like phenomenal. Don't know why it's just an honorable mention to the man behind, up atop of me, but. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, Street Rumble 2000. I'd have been happy if it was in someone else's top ten as well. Like it's such a good, good match. Um, yeah, woohoo! Yeah, it's in someone else's. It's someone else's. Did I miss anyone else's? No, that was just over. Okay. Um, what I was gonna say before my internet rudely interrupted me. Um, what did you say, Brooke, about being the only WCW mention? Because. Uh- I figured it be, it would be the only WCW match because I know that Lana does not have any on her list. And based off of Tover's AEW comment, I figured that would also apply to WCW. So You're sadly mistaken. Oh, I'm happily mistaken. Happily, happily mistaken. Um, greatest cruiserweight food feud of all time. We'll see. Ray, Eddie. Fair. Greatest Ray Eddie match of all time, Halloween Havoc, uh, 97? Yeah, it's 97. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't watch this match until I played 2K last year. <laughs> but, oh my god, it's such a fucking banger. Um, it was either going to be this one or the, the custody, custody of Dominic Gladder match. <laughs> Phil <laughs> Cage on SmackDown, Lewis? Okay, fair. <laughs> Listen, you can't you can't go wrong with them two. Um, the WrestleMania match? Like, saying the best Ray Eddie match is so hard because all of them are good. All of them are good. I I love this because it's a... Cl- like, it... It... it Apparently, it's a classic, <laughs> and I didn't know about it until last year. Um, but, oh my god, um, I wish I paid attention to WCW Cruiserweights when, like, even though I wasn't really around then, but I wish I paid attention to them sooner rather than later. Um, but, god, that division helped WCW at a time where it didn't have much else going for it apart from the NWO. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Raised in a household that was pretty WCW um, oriented. 
So after they died, they watched WWE, but because my dad had all these like old WCW VHSs, I was lucky enough to get to rewatch some of these older cruiserweight matches. And you have people like Dean Malenko, like uh, the Young Dragons, Three Count, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Ray, Hoovy, um, just all of these crazy talented. I'm leaving off tons of people, okay? Uh, but like Shane Helms. Wasn't Liger in there? Liger? Jushin yeah, Liger. Liger, yeah. yeah. Like, tons of amazing people. Uh, Great Muda, even. Like, just amazing. Alex Wright, like, oh, such a good difference. Right. Yeah, outside of the NWO, the Cruiserweight division was the only reason I would even pay attention to WCW. <laughs> because that was, they were just so entertaining. And, like, whenever it was a Cruiserweight match, that was the time I switched from Raw to WCW, and then after that was over, I go right back, and then when NWO come on, I go right back, and then, you know, it was just one of those things, but the Cruiserweight division was amazing. I can't, I, yeah, I'm glad they get their flowers on this list, because. Well, it was also during that time period where they were like, yeah, pretty much every one of our pay-per-views is going to open with a Cruiserweight match, because we know people are going to be interested and hyped after it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, why that uh, Regal Ultimate Dragon match is so weird because it's in the it's in '97. It's also the opener. But um, regardless, my number five is a match that I know everyone here has at least considered putting on this list. And if they didn't, they haven't seen it. Um, it is a certified banger. It is arguably the best WrestleMania match in history. It is my favorite WrestleMania match ever. Um, we're going to. Probably the best WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania X7, 17, you know. Y'all know where I'm going with this. It is TLC2, the Hardys versus the Dudleys versus Edge, and my favorite wrestler of all time, Christian. Um, I don't need to talk about it very much. We all know why it's on here. It is the spot fest, to end all spot fests, um, New Japan wishes, AEW wishes, TNA's X Division wishes. Um, all of these, like, this is the match that really made WWE not only care about all six of these guys, right, but it also made them care about Rhino. It made them care about Lita, uh, even to a little bit of for a little bit of time, Spike Dudley. Um, and we, <laughs> y'all remember? Um, I love Spike. I love Spike Dudley. Um, but yeah, this is just such a good match. And the right team won. Fight me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> Lana's gonna fight me. <laughs> Lana's a Hardy Boys fan. It's okay. Um, but um, I'm also a Hardy Boys fan. But Christian is my favorite wrestler. So I must <laughs> contend the right team won. Um, regardless, I love this match. And I cannot wait to rewatch it again. I watched it last week. And I'm gonna watch it again tomorrow, probably. Because I, I want to now. Um, yeah, great match. Yeah, come on. I mean, that is a great match. It's one of the greatest matches, I feel like. And it does make an appearance on my list. Just when we get to it, we'll talk about it. But we're going to move on because we got to go to number four. All right, we, we, we're, getting down to the, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, I feel like, where the matches just keep getting better and better as we go. And my... Number four match is WrestleMania 28. It is a Hell in a Cell match. It is an end of an era. It is The Undertaker versus Triple H. 
this match does it for me because I was so on edge the entire time. Like, whose era are we ending? What is the era that's ending? Because at the time, I'm like, is this when The Undertaker is going to leave? Because we could see him deciding to walk away at that time. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. does this mean The Undertaker's leaving? Does this mean Triple H is leaving? But I'm like, but Triple H has still got some some game in him. Like, what what does what does this mean with Shawn Michaels, who Undertaker just retired two years ago, and it's like Shawn Michaels is now the referee in this same setting in this match that he went through with Undertaker. And I'm like, the end of what era? Who are we? You know, what are we doing? So I was on pins and needles at the entire time doing at this point. Like, I don't know what this means. I'm not sure. The buildup was amazing. They added Shawn Michaels in as the guest referee. And I'm like, is Shawn Michaels go screw the Undertaker out of his streak since he couldn't beat him? Or is he going to betray his best friend? What is happening? It was insane. I could not like wrap my brain around what was going to happen. And then I'm like, is this just the end of the era? Like is triple H and undertaker never going to fight again? Is that what they're saying? Like what is happening? It was crazy. It was insane. I was very much waiting for Shawn Michaels to screw triple uh, undertaker out of the streak because I'm like, he lost and he couldn't beat the streak. Why not let his best friend beat the streak out of some Mm -hmm. shenanigans and foolishness. So I was very like annoyed with that, but I was like, but if it happened, that'd be so iconic and epic, but I would hate it because this is the Undertaker's streak and I love the Undertaker, but I also love Triple H and I also love Shawn Michaels. It was, it was just one of those things that I just could not like, it was so, the buildup was so exciting. The match itself was so exciting. It was just a good, like, that feeling that I got watching it, I was like, and this is why I watch wrestling. This is why it's just a big old sports, sweaty soap opera. Like I am involved in this story. I am all about it. I want to know what happens. And it was just, it was just good. I was not let down. And then to see them at the end, all of them, like we did it. We did it. We are at the end of our era. It's great. And they were, it was just a good moment. I loved it. The awesome. super kick pedigree combo, false finish. is probably one of the top <sighs> best false finishes of all time. Yeah. Um, I spoke a lot about it before last time we tried to record this video. Um, but we, uh, when I was younger, we used to go watch WrestleMania at the local movie theater because we didn't want to pay $60 for just me and my dad to watch it. It was cheaper to go to the movie theater. So we're in literally an entire movie theater packed with wrestling fans. It was such a big deal that, that they had four theaters, four screens, just for WrestleMania. That's insane. Um, yeah, it's insane. And there was like two dueling groups of people. There were the Undertaker fans, and then there were people like me who desperately wanted Triple H to beat the streak. Um, and I, again, I am aware that that is a contentious topic. Okay, there are some people that think the streak should have never ended. There are some people that think that there are other people that should have beaten it. Cough, cough, CM Punk. However, never should have ended. <laughs> regardless, uh, Lana mentioned earlier during Michael's Undertaker at 25 that that was probably like the most in jeopardy the streak ever felt like. That super kick pedigree, I was convinced. Over. I, I was like, it was, it was a all we needed was mm-hmm. a 
fast count and it would have been done. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a great match, such a special moment. And when you have, like, 200 wrestling fans simultaneously hold their breath and then screech out with the, ah, like, right after the kick out, like, that's when you know you've, like, yeah. captured something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... I'm going on a whim and saying I'm the only one that's going to have this match in my top 10. Um, Simon D. Um. <laughs> it's Funaki. No. Um, <laughs> Not Funaki. No, I'm kidding. Um, Kenzo Sasuke. No. Um, so. Hey. hey. <laughs> like that <laughs> um this is probably the earliest rivalry that i've <sighs> yeah i think it's probably the rival- the earliest rivalry that i've actually found myself invested in and i didn't know about it until <laughs> about a decade ago <laughs> thanks to wwe games <laughs> um WrestleMania 13. Ooh, underrated WrestleMania? I think it's 13. I might be wrong. <laughs> Stone Cold. Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. What a match. I think... <laughs> the way that... I think, it, I think it's probably one of the best match endings that I've... Mm. I, I, I might be wrong about that, but it's one of the one of the best match endings of all time. Um, yeah, uh, thank you WWE Games for <laughs> allowing someone youthful like me to actually delve into the history books and discover an incredible match like Bret Hart vs Stone Cold. It's the only time that Bret's going to be in. My... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can pretty much predict that Bret's not in my top three. Um, and <laughs> I. I the, uh, the, I think the thing that was special about the ending of that match, though, is is so hard to pull off a double turn. I know, right? because not only do you have to have the fans wanting both of the people to flip, right, but you have to do it in a compelling way to make us care about the outcomes of both people. I mm-hmm. can think of this match only one other match where I can think of where they've actually done it properly, and the other match is Dolph Ziggler versus Alberto Del Rio. If you all remember that, um. <laughs> Excuse me, notable prick I brought to Del Rio. Apologies. Um, but yeah, great stuff, great match. Yeah, yeah. That, it is a phenomenal double turn. It is arguably the match that made Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, it is also the match that I feel in a lot of ways sparked the essence of attitude, mm-hmm. right? Because they weren't allowed to bleed. It was still very, very cartoony. I, I recently did a full two, 1997 rewatch. Um, and like it, it, WWE had not quite transitioned out of it yet. And this match was hardcore. It was a submission match. You were just thinking like, oh, because there's no false finishes. But it, it really delivered. So really good choice, Lewis. Yeah. All right, Topher, what you got for number four? My number four is uh we're gonna go a little bit more well not recent this is from 2011 and this is the 
WWE Championship match from Money in the Bank 2011, the M Punk versus John Cena. Now, this match was intriguing because they really, really played the smart fan, right? Because we all thought, we, like, one, John Cena is in a Super Cena era at this point. John Cena does not really lose matches. We had not quite got to the summer of punk exactly just yet. You know, this was, like, not, this was bef- shortly thereof. We weren't quite there yet. And for all we knew, CM Punk legitimately was supposed to leave, right? Like, if I'm remembering where I'm at as a fan then, I'm not expecting CM Punk to win this match because of the fact that he's supposed to leave, he's not re-signing, whatever. And then he wins and does that beautiful moment where he sits up on the freaking barricade, blows a kiss to John Cena with the WWE Championship, and leaves. That was an amazing back and forth the match. This is one of the reasons why they call Big Match John, Big Match John, because when the moment is right, he delivers. And this is, God, like, I wish CM Punk was not such an a-hole, right? Like, if he just wasn't a terrible human being and a really whiny person, not terrible in the context of other wrestling terribles, but, like, just not a great guy, okay? And... Like he would be one of the best of all time. He is is one of the best of all times, and this match proves it. So that's that's all I gotta say about that. You know, if Wes was here, you all would be having a nice spirited discussion about the quality of CM Punk's character at the moment. <laughs> but um Does he think he's a great guy? I don't <laughs> very big fan. He's just a very big fan. I um, I was too. <laughs> all right. So, for my number four, y'all really did not think you were going to get my top ten and not deal with Liv Morgan. Did you? Did you really think? Did you really think you were going to get this without me getting Liv Morgan in here? No. You're <laughs> foolish if you did. Um, now, she earned this slot. Let me make something abundantly clear. This matchup is unironically amazing. And if you do not remember... Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch from the December 6, 2021 edition of Monday Night Raw for the Raw Women's Championship. The main event, I might add. Um, Liv Morgan, Raw main eventer, queen. Um, this is a 20-minute classic. Um, it does get suffer a tiny bit from the commercial breaks, but that's just TV. Like TV, it does happen. Um, but... It's such a great story. It was so compelling that a lot of people thought Liv was going to win the belt at Royal Rumble when every little piece of logic in anybody's wrestling head was telling you, no, dumb, dumb. They're setting up more than that. It's not going to be Liv. It's going to be somebody else. Cough, cough, Bianca. We all knew where it was going. Um, and Liv did not win this match. It is all. This is probably my favorite finish of any, like heel win ever you get becky cheating to win but not in like a really anything creative it's just live got outfoxed and it was really the first time where like the fans had swelled behind her we all wanted her to win this match and she didn't and it was it hurt it was painful but it was beautiful and it really set her up down the line to you know Runner-up of Royal Rumble, winner of Money in the Bank, SmackDown Women's Champion, two-time tag team champion, the only woman to pin Ronda Rousey three times, um, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on. 
Um, so Liv, you have been such an inspiration in my life, and I just wanted to be, I guarantee you, the only person out of the four of us to give you your flowers on this top ten. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> not that I mean, you can guarantee that. Not not that we don't appreciate Liv Morgan for the amazingness that she is. It's just, yeah, she ain't making the top three for none of us. I'm sure great about that. Give Liv a chance. top fifty. Maybe top fifty, but you're not making it. Not. Yeah, to, I don't know. I just thought. Uh, we just. Had, I mean, Liv, you're amazing. You're <laughs> wonderful, but. Yeah, she in, she got re-injured on Monday. They, uh, her, 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 I'm her, because of, as well. because of this. So you get your her, good with your bad. Her shoulder got re-injured. It, they made her come back too quick for the match. Too quickly. Mm-hmm. Not, not many good shoulders right now. Yeah, not a lot of good shoulders. Like People... 20, over again. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> So let's move on to number three. My number three have been has been mentioned before. And you know what? I don't care. I will mention it again because it was great when it was mentioned before. And it's even better now because it's three. And because Lana's the one doing I mean, I wouldn't go say it, but you feel free to say that. Um, it is WrestleMania X7. It is the Dudley boys, the Hardy boys, and Edge and Christian TLC match. That match has a permanent residency in my head. I will forever watch that match over and over again. Anytime I see clips, I'm stopping. Anytime I think I just want to see a, a good TLC match, that's the one I go to. It was just a really good match for all all the reasons in the world. And yes, I will fight Brooke. I think the wrong team won because it should have been the Hardy boys. And I don't care. It is what it is, but whatever. It's fair. It's a fair take. It is what wrestling where somebody could tell me any of these three teams would have won. And I can look at you and be like, yeah, you, I, I could see that. Exactly. I agree. Cause any of the teams winning would have been amazing because they put on the best show that you could have ever wanted to see in a match. And and then they not only did it once, they did it three times. Like mm-hmm. each time just seemed to get better and better and better when they did it. And it was like, this is a dream team of six people who just have the chemistry to work together. And six people should not have that kind of chemistry with each other. Like mm-hmm. they should not be able to pull off matches time after time after time as good as these six people do but they just worked it was like everything was on the like the stars were aligned for them they clicked on all cylinders every single time they put on a great show everybody got their moments to shine in these matches and in this match in particular everybody had something to go oh my god it was just a great match all around i cannot get that out of my head I cannot if if I if somebody asked me a new wrestling fan who had never watched wrestling before say what match should I watch that's just going to make me say wow this is wrestling it this would be one of them this yeah. would be one of the matches that I direct them to and say you should watch this because this is going to show you why how exciting wrestling could be and you was 
if you don't say, oh my God, at least a minimum five times, I don't know what match you're watching. It was just that good. And it's one of my favorite matches. It is the ultimate spot fest. And I mean, the way possible. It was the best. It was the best. I can't. Um, three, my three has already been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Three, the for three, the best triple threat that I can ever recall. TNA, Unbreakable, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles. You need to watch it if you haven't already. The entire show is available on YouTube for free. It I'm is. <laughs> What made that match so incredible, though? Because for somebody who has not watched it, I would love to know. I think what stands the X Division away from Cruiserweights is because you see these men who shouldn't be able to do this kind of stuff, Mm. but still being able to pull off the stuff that they do. Uh, And that's why I think there is this whole thing about, like, it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits because these people... Samoa Joe at that time, I would say was peak Samoa Joe. Um, Out here doing suicide dives, doing some crazy mess. Um, you have AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels who are arguably in contention for the biggest set of rivals in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that it's always been one of those, like, almost like Shawn Michaels Triple H kind of thing, where sometimes they're really close. They were tag team partners forever. And then other times, they are at each other's throat trying to murder each other. It is brilliant to watch. And then you have Samoa Joe, who at the time was undefeated in TNA. Right? Mm-hmm. was going on a tear, tearing up the roster. Um, and then it's a triple threat, which means it's incredible chaos and... Some of my favorite spots in pro wrestling history. The Uranagi into the backbreaker that Samoa Joe and AJ Styles do on Christopher Daniels is insanity. Especially for 2005. Like, oh my god, it's so good. Okay. My number three. This batch has not been mentioned yet, but it was probably one of the first times that I thought somebody had died. <laughs> I came to King of the Ring 2002 because I knew oh my that my superstar of all time, Edge, was going to be winning the King of the Ring, and I just felt it in my bones. But what I did not expect was that Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon were actually going to try to kill each other. <laughs> this is one of the most, like, you know, sometimes wrestling is not about the five-star matches in the Tokyo Dome. No. Wrestling mm-hmm. is about storytelling mm-hmm. and art. And this is a match where Shane McMahon, who's way better than he ever should be, and I challenge anybody out there to tell me that there's a Shane McMahon match out there that they just did not think was entertaining. Because um, it is entertainment first and foremost, and I am entertained. And Kurt Angle is a wrestling machine. Quite- in moniker and like actuality and the the legend of this match just continues to grow and grow and grow and build, mm-hmm. and build, and build as it gets talked about more, mm-hmm. and more and more and there's specials on it and there's features but like i literally like when when kurt goes to soup like shane and it does not break and he gets dropped on his head and it's Ooh. in the try this at home where kurt's like i thought shane might have been knocked, knocked out, out. <laughs> 
there's a pause there because he knows he can't say dead and he switches to saying knocked out. Like it was like, I have rewatched that match so many times. It is absolutely monumental. Um, And for it to end in the most dangerous of stunts with an Olympic slam off of a freaking plywood. You you talk about uh, them wanting to kill each other. The funny thing about that is Shane wanted him to kill him. He was like driving Kurt to kill him. (laughs) It was like assisted suicide, if anything. (laughs) Right. Him into the most important part. Kurt Angle wrestled three times. That was his third match that night. And he was in the semifinal and the final of the King of the Ring. Lost the second match, and then this match with Shane is just a classic. I constantly think whoever decided to not put sugar glass in that glass pan, just thank you for giving me one of my favorite wrestling memories. So, Lewis said, I think I must be crazy for having a match in 2023 on my top 10. Oh, fam, you are not the only one. Um, so... We're going to be going to my favorite match in NXT history ever. Uh, yeah. Stand and deliver 2023. It is yeah. Wesley versus Axiom versus Ilya Dragunov versus Dragon Lee versus JD McDonough in a five-way for the NXT North American Championship. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Earlier, I have mentioned TLC2 to be the spot fest to end all spot fest. This <laughs> might match it. might come close. Um, you get the Wesley going for a cardiac kick and getting interrupted with an upside down golden ratio. Um, this is Dragon Lee's debut, and he's a wrestling machine. I know we just mentioned that with Kurt Angle, but Dragon Lee quickly in that conversation for me. Um, also, Wesley further cementing his status as the best North American champion of all time. You have Ilya Dragunov selling everything like he has been shot. Like no one else, even Dolph Ziggler, can do quite like Ilya Dragunov. Um, Wes, that is not Dolph slander, I promise. They just oversell in two very different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to even mention JD McDonough is also incredible in this match. Um, I dare not spoil this match for you. If you have time, don't even, don't make time, make time. Go watch Stand Deliver 2023. This card was better than WrestleMania in my opinion. Um, I, I am going to throw that out there. Yeah. I have to say, Stand and Deliver was the first NXT pay-per-view that I actually sat down and watched live. And you are not wrong. That match was incredible. The card was incredible. I feel like this card of Stand Deliver was definitely better than night two of WrestleMania. It just was. Um, that match was incredible. I was that was the match of the night for me as well. And I was like, oh my god, edge of my seat again. Just like it's it getting introduced to all of these new people who have not watched before. They were so good. It was just so good. And the, the spots mm-hmm. were insane. I literally screamed the whole time. My, my roommate thought I was crazy. Well, for I'm a just, long time. Like, Lewis. Yeah, I'm just rejogging my mind. This was the ladder, right? No. 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 The ladder was the one I was Halloween Havoc in 2022. Yeah. Where Wesley won the belt. 
No, this I meant the one. Okay, what was the match where? Okay, I'm, this is backtracking. Oh, are you talking about the women's title match? No, no, no. The one where Grayson goes for the fucking elbow drop through. Oh the... no, that is the Iron Survivor match. Yeah, Grayson Waller's okay. starting this match. Um, but I ignore I, me. A <laughs> wrestling podcast, right? My tag was Axiom Stan account. Yes, I will continue to say this man is the single best thing in terms of in-ring ability on the NXT roster today, with the only possible exception being Ilya Dragunov. Please do not miss the ball on a cruiserweight again. Yeah. If, if you haven't One, seen... Very then... shortly on my list that the Fed dropped the ball on, and it makes me very sad that I have to bring them up to... If you have not seen Standard Over, you should go watch it because it was worth it. It's definitely worth it. All right. We are moving on to number two on our little list. Number two. Um, <laughs> number two on my list. I, I said it before and I'll say it again. Undertaker makes very a lot of appearances on my list because that's how much of a fan I am of his work. And my... Number two is WrestleMania 26, Streak versus Career, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. And this was the hardest match in my entire life for me to watch because of my love for both Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. And I wanted neither thing to happen. I didn't want the streak to end. I didn't want Shawn Michaels' career to end. I didn't know who to root for. I didn't have anybody to root against. It was the hardest match in my life. Um, I was just sitting there like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm sad either way, but I'm happy for whoever wins. And I'm, I, it was just so hard. And it was the worst feeling of knowing that either Undertaker was going to lose this streak that he has just got made work so hard for, or I was going to lose Shawn Michaels in the WWE, which I'm like, Oh no. But the match itself, I feel like Shawn Michaels felt he had so much to prove since he lost in 25, he came back to do it in 26. And it was just, it was, I feel like Shawn Michaels always takes the undertaker to the limit it was such a good match. Sad to see Shawn Michaels go. And because Shawn Michaels had to do the same thing to Ric Flair a couple of years back to that um, ending his career. And it was just like to see him going out in the career ending match was like, uh, it was poetic. And it was so good as like the story behind all of it and how it all came about. And it was just it was just a good match. This is one of the matches that was the hardest thing, but it also another one that just let me know, yeah, this is why you like wrestling. This is why you are a fan because it's it's hard. It's hard, 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 but I loved every second of it. I am so happy that they made a They should have made it to 25. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to say. I'm just happy they got the main event. Yeah. And it grew to be like Shawn Michaels truly retired while truly in his prime yeah. you know what i mean like he did not wait until he pittered off i can't think you know it's not like 
I don't look back at Shawn Michaels' last two to three years of his career and think, oh, there was bad. Like, no, he, he was still over-delivering in every single match that he was in. I mean, yeah, they were doing more of like the DX thing and he wasn't necessarily like hitting out five-star bangers, but he also wasn't not hitting out five-star bangers. So, it, yeah, phenomenal. I'm so happy that Shawn Michaels never came out of retirement. You know, never came. Yeah, never came. came. Never no, came out of retirement. Yeah, not like a tag match with Triple H against I don't know the Brothers of Destruction. No, 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 no. That doesn't even count. That, that doesn't count. Like that was just that was Derby. Right. That was just a fun, you know, yes. like you know, yes. like in interim football. You know, flag football. It's just one of those things with legends versus you know, it's yeah. not not coming out of retirement at all. Yeah. I, I do. I, <laughs> I do, I do love that there's a clip uh, <laughs> where he's like during that that build up because like the what ended up airing was him going, I've got three words for you, rest in peace. And instead, like the, the one that's like online, it's like, I've got three words for you, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Sorry okay. for everything. You're good. Number two, Lewis. Um, number two. We're going to WrestleMania 27. Ooh. No, I'm kidding. Who, who the fuck would go that? I was no. say, what? <laughs> uh, hold up. Undertaker Triple H and the No Holds Barred match at 27. That okay. was 28, like, oh, right? That was no, they did 27. Oh, that was 27 and 28. Okay. okay. 28 yeah, that was good. That's a good yeah, match. That was a decent it's, match. It's, good. it's decent. Um, WrestleMania 2000. No, I'm not going to WrestleMania 2000 either. Um, Could we just go to it? Both of my top two have already been mentioned. Oh, well, okay. Both of my top two are from the same pay-per-view. Okay. WrestleMania so. X7. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. Uh, number two, Stone Cold Rock. Wow, I, I was yeah. I thought I was alone in this. I no, love that. No, I love that match. It was a toss-up between that one or nineteen because I loved both of them. Um, but this one probably had a lot more prevalence in my wrestling life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that trilogy between them. <sighs> Uh, so good. It was good. Yeah, I, I I thought I was alone in that. I'm so happy that you <laughs> also saw the worth of that because I mentioned that to somebody who is a fan, and I talked. I was like, because they were asking about the podcast, of course, and I was telling them about what it was, and so they asked me for my list, and I showed them my list, what well, told them my list, and they were like, "Why is that on your list? Like, that's not the match." And I was like, "Are you?" What are you smoking? Like, are you kidding mm -hmm. me? It was a great match. And they were like, well, I might have to go back and watch it because I don't think that's... I was like, well, go watch it. But I'm so I mean, glad... It's on my list, but that doesn't mean I'm going to question you about it. Like, yeah. it you're, this isn't you saying these are empirically the 10 best matches of all time. These exactly. Your opinion. My yeah. Opinion. Like, and, and uh, secondly, it's not like you put a si Simon Dean versus this girl on there. Well, and it's the main event of the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And it is arguably the main event of the Attitude Era. This was right. the end of Attitude. So, yeah, it, it deserves to be where it's at. Yeah. 
second best <laughs> match, one of the best manias ever. So I mean, yeah. and it appears three of our opinions as well. So. <laughs> My number two. We're gonna stay on the same pay-per-view. Auburn! We love it. WrestleMania X7. Period. And it is arguably one of the greatest WrestleMania rematches of all time. Oh, I we're going to Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys. Period. The Dudley Boys at TLC two. <laughs> I <laughs> love so it. Well at WrestleMania two thousand. That I believe, if I'm recalling super quickly in my memory, this may be one of, if not the very first time. And I know they're about to have somebody do it for the second time right after them. But I think this is the very first WrestleMania rematch that we were to feature in the history of WrestleMania. I could be wrong but I think so. And of any substance, right? Um, Pouring through my list, I can't think of any offhandedly. Right. And like this elevated these six guys. And like, I was already an edge fan. Like I was an edge guy from, from the first time he debuted and like what they did at WrestleMania 2000. And then they did it again at SummerSlam, but then for them to do it again and have a three completely different matches for them to have a spot fest, but it actually psychologically makes sense. A lot of times in today's spot fest, you can see them pre-planning and setting things up specifically. No, I have watched this match probably more times than I have watched any other match. It is, like you said, Lana, the match I get non-wrestling fans to watch when I'm trying to get them to understand why I like wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. And it literally from, like, you can't – they are so good at the way they set everything up knowing that it's going to have an endpoint because what they're doing makes sense at the time. And when Lita comes out and Rhino comes out and Spike Dudley comes out and the match is, like, bigger than what you're, like, you know, expecting off of the jump and you have – have the dive from Jeff Hardy. You have the one of the best moments in the history of wrestling ever because this has been played ad nausea, and that is Edge spearing Jeff Hardy off of that ladder. And it is the best time that that has ever been done. And that look on Edge's face when he pops up and he goes, "Well, fuck, did I just do?" <laughs> like, I yep. met. Edge. I must say, fun fact from Brooke. I met Edge in I think 2013. It might have been 2014. Out of London. And they were doing a and I was like, so Ed, let me ask you a question. What was going through your head as you jumped off that ladder and speared Jeff Hardy off the, off the titles of WrestleMania? He said, well, I just wanted to steal the show. And I'm like, you did, my dude. You did. Also, we totally forgot about Hogan Andre happening at WrestleMania 4 during the, the World Oh, time. yeah. Well, but that was but in also, the That match doesn't count. That was a, yeah, and it was an opening match of a tournament that gave us a schmaltz finish. It really wasn't like, yeah. But yeah. yes, this was, you know, and so, and also this was, it wasn't the first time because Bubba had done it at the SummerSlam, but this was the biggest time that they had done off of the ladder through the set of four tables that has been done again ad nauseum. Um, like this match set the precedent for tables, ladders, and chairs matches and has yet to be topped. So, and the fact that it made it on at least three of our four lists so far mm -hmm. may just be an objective fact, even though it's my number two and it fell further down both y'all's, it may just be the greatest wrestling match of it all was, time. It was well, three for me. Because <laughs> Lewis said it, that, it, it, I'm guessing it's Lewis's number one, but if it's not Lewis's number one, it was fifth on my list, third on Lana's list, second on Topher's list, and yeah. I guarantee 
Eddie Lewis loves it. If it's not Lewis's number one, we know that Eddie Guerrero versus Test for the European Championship at WrestleMania. Okay. I would love to talk about this match forever, but we must move on to my number two. Uh, now, my number two is a match that I watched or you watched live, but you probably don't remember it. Um, we're going to 2010 to a pay-per-view that only happened once to Fatal 4-Way 2010. Um, oh, Fatal 4-Way. And this is unironically, if I was going to pick a match that was like sentimentally my favorite, this would be number one. However, because I am a dealer in objective fact in this particular situation, I'm giving it number two and only number two. It is the only time you will see Chris Jericho on my list versus Evan Bourne. Um, now, I am a big believer that WWE dropped the ball with Evan Bourne. They dropped it so hard, and I'm not going to go into detail on that because I will get mad. Um, this match is so, so underrated. You have what should have been a star-making performance for Evan Bourne. Um because the Raw before, he was in a tag match with John Cena against Chris Jericho and Edge. Pin Jericho. And Jericho gets so heated, he comes out on Fatal 4-Way, challenges him to a singles match that goes for 15 minutes, where both of these men bust out their greatest hits, and then he beats him. Come on. This man was like, this is the definition of tailor-made to go up the card. What happens? Shove down the card two weeks later, jobbing to Jack Swagger. What the hell? Um, now, granted, I know Evan Bourne was not a perfect story in WWE. He did have some wellness violations. He did get hurt a few times. But that has never been an excuse. They have let so many other people get back up the card over and over and over again after wellness, after injuries, or any of that. And Evan Bourne only got a tag title run. And that hurts me to this day. And now I can't even be happy about AEW having him because they're misusing him too. So, I mean, again, Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel, such an underrated talent. This match against Chris Jericho is so good. Please go out of your way to watch it. I know no one cares about the show that happened 13 years ago, but it is so good. Please watch it. I assume we go to me because Lana's not ready right now. Uh, because we have something we must do first, which is recap. <laughs> okay. we well, yeah, we definitely recap. Oh. I'm here. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we recap. But go ahead, Lewis. Recap your number five through two. I can do that because I didn't swap any of them. Um, my five, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc, 97. My four, Bret Hart, Stone Cold, WrestleMania, 13. My three, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Unbreakable 2005, I believe. And my two was Stone Cold The Rock, WrestleMania uh, 17, X7. Mm-hmm. 10-V-I-I. <laughs> my four through one is number uh, five, sorry, through, five, five through two. two is Cactus Jack versus Triple H, uh, Street Fight, WWE Championship, World Rumble 2000. Number four, CM Punk versus John Cena, WWE Championship, Money in the Bank 2011. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon, Street Fight, King of the Ring 02. And then Tables, Ladders, and Chairs 2, Tag Team Championship, WrestleMania X7. Hey, Brooke. 
All right, my number five was TLC2, Hardy's, Dudley's, Edge and Christian, WrestleMania X7. Uh, my number four is Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch from the December 6, 2021 edition of Monday Night Raw, the main event uh, for the Raw Women's title. Uh, my number three is Wesley versus Axiom versus Ilya Dragunov versus JD McDonough versus Dragon Lee from NXT Standover. Standover NXT Stand and Deliver 2023. I was this close. <laughs> the NXT of American title. Uh, and then my number two is Evan Bourne versus Chris Jericho at Fatal 4-Way 2010. Okay. Um, my number five is The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 17 or X7, whatever. Number four is The Undertaker versus Triple H, End of an Era, WrestleMania 28. Number three was Edge Christian, Hardy Boys, and Dudley Boys at uh, TLC w WrestleMania 17. And number two was Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26, Streak versus Career. All right. <sighs> Let's time. get It's time. Because I made mention all the way back at number 10 how somebody said a match of mine that was going to show up on my list. This is the time. Because my number one match is the match that lives rent-free, owns property, um, has a mortgage, uh, set up another donut shop on the corner of my brain. This, it, 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 it just, it just is, it just has, I can't not think of it when I'm thinking of the greatest matches of all time. This is the first match that I thought someone died on my screen. I thought this, somebody was over. I thought this was just the end of it all. And I was going to be traumatized. Like I was never going to be able to watch wrestling the same way, but it is, of course, you probably guessed it is King of the ring, hell in the cell undertaker versus mankind. I just, I mean, this match has its own Wikipedia page. Like, not a lot of matches have their own Wikipedia page. Just This is the only one? Only WWE match that has its own Wikipedia page. The only other match that has a Wikipedia page is the mass transit incident from ECW. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you can't. People celebrate the anniversary of this match. That's how big it is. WWE has brought Mick Foley and The Undertaker back together again this year, this year, to talk about this match. It is just, I, what match starts, what Hell in a Cell match starts on top of a cage? Like, who does that? And everybody's like, well, why didn't the WWE reinforce that, that steel cage? Because they didn't think anybody was going to be on top of it. It's called hell in the cell, not hell on the cell. Like, it was ridiculous. And they start that match on the top, and I'm like, somebody is going to die up here. I don't know how it's going to happen. Somebody is going to just... It's, it's, it's going to happen. And Undertaker takes Mick Foley and throws him off of the ring onto the announce table. I was like, oh, Mick Foley, mankind is done. He's over. Mm -hmm. it's, I, just, I just knew it. I just knew it was no, no yeah. coming back from that. And then they were taking him out. And I'm like, what are they going to do? They just go in, just call this match because it's over. No, no, no. Mick Foley decides, I'm not done. 
I'm not dead. I'm coming back. And he limped in his way back and climbs the ladder, uh, I mean, climbs the, the steel cage again. And I'm like, are you crazy? Now, I watched the documentary with uh, Undertaker and Mankind talking about this match. And Undertaker's like, I did not know that Mick was going to do that. I told him not to do that. When he mentioned he wanted to climb the the top of the cage, I told him not to do it. And he was like, ah, okay, if you don't want to do it, we won't do it. And then he did it anyway. And Undertaker was like, well, now I got to do it. It's nothing I can do. He's already up there. And then when he came back to climb it again, I was like, Undertaker was like, I don't know how I'm going to get down from here, but I'm not falling. I'm not jumping. I don't know how I'm going to get down from here. And then when Mick started climbing again, he was like, why is he doing this? He's insane. He's crazy. So I'm like, the man, the mental state, I don't know what was in mankind's mind at the time, but it was insane. I thought this, this match, I cannot not think about. This is another match where I get non-wrestling fans to watch this match. I'm like, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. You're going to not believe what you're seeing. But trust me, this is one of the best matches you will ever want to watch if you want to go this freaking crazy. Like, it was insane. And we saw thumbtacks mm -hmm. and all kind of foolishness happening. I'm like, I can't, who does this? It was crazy. It's the best match in my for my for me of all times. Argue with your mama. I don't care. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say someone at the top definitely had no idea that that was happening. Oh no, absolutely <laughs> no. not. Because they would have stopped no that. that. Yeah, there was no way that we're gonna get approved. Also, have to mention Jim Ross on commentary <sighs> match with two of the best calls in pro wrestling history. With oh my god, they've killed him, mm -hmm. and then. The infamous one, which is, as God is my witness, he is broken and dead. <laughs> with, with kings added, that's it, he's dead. He's dead. Like, <laughs> proof that Jerry Baller and Jim Ross are the best commentary. Oh, best. Obviously. Very fun getting chokeslammed out of his shoes. <laughs> of all time. Yeah, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And the tooth, in the, nose. the tooth in the nose. Come on, like the you swam through the cell roof with the it was... hair landing on his face. And this match was cold. There was no build to it. Nothing. Was, like other than their already historic precedents, there was no. It was just kind of thrown together. It was, it was so crazy beautiful. and ridiculous and beautiful. And I will never not watch that match if I, if it comes across my screen. I will never not watch it. So. And I need to hop off here. My wife needs me. She's about oh. to, like, you know, make some very important decisions. So I go to your one. You want to do your one? Real quick. Yeah, yeah, real yes. quick. My number one has already been mentioned, but and a lot of people prefer the sequel, but for me, it is the company you keep. And I was 19 years old. I was in my own home. I was celebrating with friends for, you know, the first time watching wrestling together, having a party, playing the WrestleMania drinking game, which I don't advocate. Um, and <laughs> I am going, this man had never lost at WrestleMania. However, his opponent has never lost to mm -hmm. The Undertaker in a one-on-one -on -one match. 
And that is Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. I never believed for a minute at any prior match that The Undertaker was going to lose his streak. There was no way. Even as much as I love Edge, Edge wasn't doing it. As much as I loved Randy Orton, Randy Orton wasn't doing it. Mark Henry certainly wasn't doing it. It really wasn't a thing prior to that, right? There was no way Undertaker was losing. And then he almost does so many times and i did not know what direction it was going to go this this match you like false finishes this match epitomizes the wrestlemania false finish right mm-hmm. like this was the moment and it went on fifth it was match number 5 out of nowhere and it was such a phenomenal build such a great back and forth the look on under like undertaker Shows emotion, but not really. The look on Undertaker's face, that infamous kick out when Shawn Michaels kicks out of the tombstone, and that was done because he tombstones him, tongue is out, eyes roll back. People don't kick out when Undertaker's doing that. Mm-mm. Shawn Michaels kicks out, and Undertaker just looks like the look of defeat of like, I'm not able to beat him. Like, this match is ingrained in my memory. It is the greatest match of all time. And the only reason I edged this ahead of 26 is because this match was first. Hmm. And that is, you know, it's, it's really a tie between the two. I know the stakes were bigger at 26, but this match was first and it, it truly just beautiful. Mm. Chef's I kiss. That. I, I love that. I mentioned that first and you were able to bring it home because I love the fact that I have matches that, all of you have had on your list at some point in time. That means we're we're here, you all. We're here. I love that. Uh, tell Jim good luck. Uh, all right. I've got to hop off. I am at a boy tof or follow me on threads because oh. that's the new up and coming. Uh, my Insta is that tofer because Period. <laughs> I'm which tofer? That I'm tofer. tofer. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys. Love y'all. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. All right, Louis. Okay. Here we go. WrestleMania X7, the single best weapons match of all time. Raven, Big Show, Kane, Hardcore. No, I'm kidding. Uh, It's TLC2. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, Raven, Big Show, Raven, Big Show, Kane, I'll say it's the best hardcore championship match of all time, in my opinion. Um, That is very. But no, TLC2, it's the. The the wrestling match. <laughs> the it wrestling is. Match. It's the epitome of wrestling matches. If you want to get someone hooked on wrestling? Show them that. <laughs> Couldn't say it better I, myself. I what else is there to say? <laughs> we talked about it four times. It, that's it. That's all that needs to be said. That's it's it. Clean the best match ever, according to all of us. <laughs> Literally, it was top five in all of us. Yep. So I should say something. Yep. Now, okay. I am going to end us off here with a match that was on nobody's list but mine. Um, now, to be clear, if I could cheat and have this be an entire tournament, I would. Uh, of course, that tournament would be the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, so, oh. Cruiserweight Classic 2016. WWE gets a bunch of indie guys and people from NXT, throws them into a tournament, and it's just to celebrate cruiserweight wrestling. You get 
big muscle power guys like Tony Nese and technical wrestlers like Drew Gulak, legends of the business like Tajiri, high flyers that are bouncing all over the place like Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado, uh, up-and-comers in NXT like Rich Swan, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, I'm getting there. People like <laughs> Junior, uh, incredible talents. But the two men I have intentionally not brought up created, in my opinion, the definition of a wrestling masterpiece. It is one of the two semifinals of the Cruiserweight Classic, and those two men are Kota Ibushi and TJ Perkins uh, in the semifinals of the Cruiserweight Classic 2016 uh, at the finale of the Cruiserweight Classic because they had the semis and the finals on the same night. Um, Going into this tournament, because I I haven't really talked about this wrestler before in my life, I was such a big fan of TJ Perkins. Uh, From Impact, his work as Suicide, then Manic, uh, and as Puma, to just his work on the independent scene. When they announced he was in this tournament, I was like, oh, dope. I I bet you he'll probably make it at least past the first round because he has name recognition. And then he won against a Mac, and I was like, yeah, duh. And then he beat Johnny Gargano, and I'm like, okay, awesome, dope, I'm here for it. And then he just kept going and kept going. And suddenly, he's in the final four. And I'm like, okay, but there's no way this man is beating Kota freaking Abushi, who, coming into this tournament, he was like the Kairi Sane, the Io Shirai, the person that you knew was making it to the final, and there was nothing anybody could do about it to change that. And then he beat him in a stellar contest with some of my favorite moments in any wrestling match it truly is the definition of making you feel something uh you guys mentioned earlier like matches to get people into wrestling honestly kota abushi versus tj perkins is one of those matches for me i feel like if you, like there's so much that you can just appreciate this entire tournament is that way it shows so many different styles um and of course tj would go on to win the whole tournament he beat grand metalik in the final became the first cruiserweight champion and then anything after that doesn't matter um but uh, for just a fleeting moment, it was so nice to see one of my favorites be treated like a megastar um, and make himself into a megastar in this company that had previously not signed him after a tryout. Um, so, yeah, TJ Perkins versus Kota Bushi Cruiserweight Classic Finals is my favorite match of all time. Well, that's awesome. Um, it's funny we talk about Kota. Um, I, I, won't, I'm, I, I won't spoil it. I, 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 I was half and half paying attention to this and half and half paying attention to Blood and Guts that's happening on AEW right now. Kodo Ibushi had a banger of a debut. That's all I'll say. Well, good. Well, that is that, you guys. We have reached it. You've heard our top 10. You know what to do. Comment below and tell us what you think if you're agreeing with our top 10. If you have some that didn't get mentioned that you would mm-hmm. want to put in, in a top 10. Give us your top 10. Just give us give, your top give us, 10. Give us your favorite Simon D match. Uh, like. uh, all of those. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah give us a match between Simon D and Viscera. They had to have more, had more than one. I mean, just, just tell us your favorite top 10 matches. And if Simon <laughs> Dean just happened to be on there, sure. Um, but yeah, do the YouTube things. You see what it is. You're on YouTube anyway. So hit like, share, subscribe. If you are somebody who likes wrestling and drag queen, drag race, we have another channel for that. Jump across to our cup reality, the cup of reality channel, and um you can subscribe over there. But subscribe here first because 
we we would love you to have you. And uh, we have other reality shows that we talk about on this channel and all kinds of stuff. And follow us on the Cup Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And um, yeah, follow us there, and you can see all of our highlights and reels and things over there. We're funny people, so we pretty much got some funny stuff that we put on there. Some stuff maybe from this episode will end up on our TikTok reels or whatever. So join us on that. And if you just want to follow us on Twitter, because we're cool people, follow us. It's all down there below. You know, we, we talk about some good stuff. Wrestling may be included in some of the stuff we talk about. So follow us there. And then, of course, get your cup merch at lanajeescreations.etsy.com. We would love, love, love you to support us. And on that note, guys, thanks, because this was fun. This was fun. I had a great time talking about it. We'll, we'll be back with more top 10 lists of different things to come, maybe some pay-per-views or whatever. We'll figure it out. Tag team, oh, tag team talk. That'll be something. We'll we'll put that out there. We'll look. We'll discuss in our Discord page. Top and, three: Edge and Christian Hardy is Dudley. So. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But that's it. So cheers, you guys. Cheers. 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 Bye. Bye.